Welcome, loyal listeners, to another episode of Eclectic Full Contact Theater's splendid satirical saunter down memory lane to those thrilling days of yesteryear, Throwing Shade. Remember, if you love the adventures of the Shade and the Vamp, head over to Patreon at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a subscriber for all sorts of exclusive Shade rewards. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy eclectic full-contact theater's throwing shade. There is a darkness in the minds of men. Probably because they wear hats all the time. No sunlight, no vitamin D. Just a bad idea all around, really. You wonder where these fashion rules even come from, and... Um, where was I... Oh, right. A darkness in their hearts. A darkness in a room with no lights. And who knows that darkness? The Shade knows. By day, Theodore Rockwell is a go-get'em reporter for the Chicago Gazette-Times-Herald. But by night, he becomes The Shade. Using his uncanny ability to wear dark clothing, he, assisted by his girl Friday, Wednesday morning, and the mysterious female vigilante, the vamp, defends the downtrodden and fights the forces of evil. But can one man defend the innocent from the scourge of Chicago's underbelly? Find out in this week's thrilling conclusion to Throwing Shade, May or May Not. And it is with heavy hearts that we here at Throwing Shade announce the loss of yet another sponsor. It appears that while sales of Tiny Tot's toys, Little Miss Manners doll, were brisk, deeper research into those sales revealed that, unlike previously assumed, the main purchasers of the Little Miss Manners dolls were not mothers of little girls. In a shocking twist, it turned out the majority of Little Miss Manners dolls were being purchased by bachelors. This has shocked and dismayed the fine people at Tiny Tot's Toys, primarily because they are loath to have their product connected with the idea of grown men playing with dolls. They have therefore pulled the Little Miss Manners doll from the market until, and this is a quote from the company, the moral fiber of America strengthens to an acceptable extent where we don't have to worry about men or boys being interested in our product. So while we say farewell to Little Miss Manners, we say hello to the fine folks at Marco Polo Novelties. Marco Polo Novelties. Where you don't pay more for quality, you pay more for shipping. Last week on Throwing Shade. We have discovered that the perpetrators broke into the vaults through an underground sewer maintenance tunnel. There was an old access branch under the vault floor. Well, there goes customers' life savings right down the... John Duchet, Chicago Examiner Sentinel Post. Chickenoli, does this mean the bank was negligent, putting their vault over a known entry point? That's the crazy thing. This entry point isn't on any public documents or plans. The only people who knew about it are the builders and the city hall. Theo, 
that means... Way ahead of you, Wednesday. That means there's absolutely no way of knowing who could have done it. No. It means that the only people who could have done it are either the builders or someone inside City Hall. I got an anonymous call telling me the phone number on the piece of paper was a direct line to the mayor. That's not all. According to the caller, the address is the mayor's private residence. Are you saying... I'm not saying anything more. I'm gonna let my story do the talking. Mayor Crane's got a lot to answer for. But are you saying Mayor Crane lied about sending that authorization so his goons could rob the bank? You... Douche! That's not what I said at all. I'm sure Mayor Crane had a very good reason for not sending the authorization. Misty, you're not helping. Are you saying your assistant is in cahoots with you? Oh, have you know that I have never been to cahoots with Miss LeBlanc or anyone else, wherever that is. Don't play dumb with me, Mayor. You're not as good at it as John is. Now, if we could get back to what we were discussing before the wild, unsubstantiated accusation started... I will not continue this conversation in a hallway, nor will I dignify this man's wild suppositions with a response. I have done nothing wrong. This crook is squeezing me. That's what I'm doing here. Says if I don't cut him in for a slice of my take, he'll bury me with legalized gambling. Oh, he talked to me all right. Told me that he'd let the d development go through if I greased his palm. Said he'd make sure there were enough votes to overturn his objections. I ain't going down for this alone. I'll tell you everything. You liar! Get out of my office! We're going, but I'm not sure it's going to be your office much longer. I need you to call the only man who can help me now. You mean? I need you to call the shade. <gasps> and now, on to our story. Act 3, Scene 1. An arresting development. Things go from bad to worse for Mayor Crane. Misty LeBlanc managed to get word to the Shade that the mayor insisted on seeing him. So that evening, a dark-clothed visitor arrived on the roof of City Hall. Hello? Mr. Mayor? Hello? Unfortunately, the mayor was waiting in his office. Oh! Hello, Shade. Mr. Mayor? time we met it would be in Joliet prison, but I'm increasingly worried that I'll be the one behind bars. I've seen the reports in the papers. It doesn't look good. I'm sure you're enjoying this. Mr. Mayor, no matter your opinion of me, I've never been your enemy. I'd like to think you're innocent. I am. Somebody's setting me up. But how? It's your signature on the papers. People report talking to you on the phone. I know, but I swear I don't remember doing any of it. Please, Shade. I feel like I'm going crazy. You have to help me. You and the vamp are my only hope. Dear heaven, I'm in trouble. Why not go to the police? You have met Chief Cannoli, haven't you? 
Somehow I feel as if my insistence on making sure we had an incompetent police chief because of my inherent distrust of Italians may have been short-sighted and not the best idea. Point taken. All right, Mr. Mayor, we'll help. However... No! I, I mean, I knew you were there the whole time. How long have you been there? Long enough. I'm not as altruistic as the shade here. We'll help, but we want something in return. What? Yeah, what? I, I mean, I, I, she'll tell you what. We want you to stop your vendetta against us. In fact, we want you to make a public endorsement of us. Are you mad? You want me, an elected official, to endorse a couple of vigilantes? Impossible. Been nice knowing you, Mayor. I hear the Chow's aces in Joliet. Come on, Shade. Uh, did I say impossible? I meant unusual. But it's just the kind of bold, visionary action I'm known for. You find out who's doing this to me, and you have a deal. You won't regret it. I already do. Mayor Crane, this is a police chief of Canoli. Open up! What's Canoli doing here? This is your last warning. Open up, or we'll break the door down. Hold on, Canoli. I'll be right... I warned you. It was open, you ignoramus. It's no good trying to batter me up with a pretty words. It's all over for you. You under arrest. On what grounds? On these grounds right here. If you want, we can go outside and arrest you on those grounds out there. They are much nicer. No, you Neapolitan nincompoop. Why are you arresting me? Oh, hold on. Conspiracy to commit a fraud, graft, and a general corruption to be named later. Cannoli! Ah! Ah! Shade, why are you screaming? You knew I was here. Just seemed like the thing to do. I'll add the fraternizing with an criminals. I'm arresting all of you. Officer Moe! Yeah, Chief. Arrest the mayor. You, Officer Curly. Yeah, Chief. Arrest the Shade. And you, Officer Shemp. Yeah, Chief. Arrest the Vamp. Yes, sir. I'd back off if I were you, Buster. Oh, I'm so scared. Look at me, I'm thinking. Be a nice girl and come along quietly. Though... If you want to wrestle... Don't you know who I am? He's a new. I see. When he comes to, he'll be smarter and more polite. Now, if you don't mind, the Shade and I will be going. And don't try to follow us, or there shall be violence. What kind of threat is that? I like a violence. They make a good music. No, you see, I meant... Oh, you to explain it to him. We're going! Hey! You see, Chief, the word violence sounds like the word... Just arrest the mayor. Those two are just the tail. The mayor is the rear end that wags the tail. Chief, I'm not sure that... Don't bother. <laughs> just arrest me. But please, put me in a cell far away from him. 
3, Scene 2, Seeking the Source. John Duchesne discovers his anonymous source. Or does he? The next day. Extra, extra, mayor arrested for corruption. Mobbed up police chief fails to see irony. Get your paper here. Paper, mister? No need, our sunny Jim. I wrote the story. John Duchesne, Chicago Examiner Sentinel Post. Never heard of you. You gonna buy a paper or ain't ya? Run along, scamp. I'm meeting an important source. Look, mister, a newsie never abandons his corner. Leastwise, not until he makes his quota. How many more papers do you have to sell? Just these. Fine, I'll take them all. Gee, thanks, mister. Now, Amscray. Before I go, mister, I I was wondering if you might be interested in buying any of this fine merchandise? What merchandise are you talking about? And why didn't I see that sample case before? I'm incredibly good at keeping my two different jobs separate, mister. Plus, it was hidden behind all those papers you just bought. But I don't just hawk papers for the Chicago Examiner Sentinel Post. I also sell fine products from Marco Polo Novelties. Marco Polo Novelties. What do they make? What do they make? More like what don't they make? Not only do they offer a long line of joke novelty items, as the name suggests, such as joy buzzers, exploding chewing gum, and frighteningly realistic fake upchuck. Ah, that's frighteningly realistic. Marco Polo Novelties also offers one-of-a-kind labor-saving items for your home, such as this, the Slip No More Soap Handler. It's a piece of rubber. Oh, contrary. This is a specialized grip enhancer to keep your bar of soap from slipping out of your wet hands. Okay. Or there's this, the incredible walking blanket. Wait, does that blanket have sleeves? Absolutely. It allows you to get up and walk around without ever losing the blanket. Why would I want to walk around with a blanket on? Ever try it? Well, no, but... Of course you haven't, because until the incredible walking blanket, you couldn't. But now you can. I never thought about it that way. How much? Only a buck fifty. A buck fifty? That can't be worth more than two bits. Did I forget to mention that all these products from Marco Polo Novelties are not only of the most basic and passable quality, but they are also from the mysterious Far East? That fake vomit is from the mysterious Far East? Absolutely! All the way from Gary, Indiana, which makes it significantly more valuable. How does that make it more valuable? Did you not hear? Mysterious Far East! Those people are inscrutable! So their manufacturing ways are inscrutable as well. And anything you can't scrut is worth some extra coin. That's all I'm saying. Believe me, mister, 
You can't get novelties anywhere else in this city that have traveled farther to be here than with Marco Polo novelties. Well, you've sold me. I'll take one of those blankets and some inscrutable upchuck. Gee, thanks, mister! Paper boys with quotas? That's terrible. Someone should write about that someday. Maybe I'll do it while bundled up in my walking blanket. Now, where's my source? John! Theodore Rockwell! Well, who'd have thought it? I can hardly believe it. What are you talking about? Wednesday, what's he talking about? Of all the people I expected to come around that corner, you were never on my list. You're standing in front of the offices of the Chicago Gazette Times-Herald, John. Seeing us shouldn't be a surprise. Especially since we come back from lunch at this time every day. Quite the stack of papers there, Mr. Duchesne. Taking on a new career? No, I bought these papers. Well, that's one way to pump up your flagging circulation numbers. I'm definitely keeping that one. Why, thank you, Miss Morning. My pleasure, Mr. Rockwell. Har har, hearty har har. If you must know, I'm supposed to be meeting my anonymous source here. Why would your source reveal themselves now? And why at our office? I assume they feel it's safe to come forward, now that Crane's empire has doubled. And I suggest a meeting here so I could get the scoop and the biggest story of my career right under your noses. I have to say this, John, and forgive me for being so blunt, but you are a thoroughly unlikable fellow. And that's your finest quality. I'm not in this business to make friends. Hmm. You trade in slander, supposition, and innuendo. That's not journalism. Nobody cares about journalism. They care about excitement. We're in the middle of a depression. Life is awful. People want to escape reality, not have a well-balanced picture of it. They want heroes, villains, easy answers to mind-numbing problems. What I do is no different than what Hollywood or radio programs do. That's the problem. Enjoy that perch on your high horse while you can. It won't be for long. Like it or not, kiddos, I'm the future. Now get out of here before you scare off my source. Oh, hello. Miss LeBlanc. To what do I owe the pleasure? <laughs> Mr. Duchesne, what a surprise. Theo, Miss Morning, nice to see you. And you, Misty. Where are those fashionable sunglasses? Oh, I found them a bit too flamboyant, and thankfully my tweezing injury is much better. Yes, you can barely see that scar running right above your eye. How kind of you to point it out. I've always been most impressed with your ability to remain feminine with that wide, load-bearing neck of yours. Well... Some of us have to work for a living. Standing up. Well, look at the time. As much as I love all this banter, <clears throat> what brings you to our neck of the woods, Misty? Uh, uh, no offense, Wednesday. What are you typing? You don't want to know. Huh. Oh, I, um, I wanted to see if you could contact our mutual friends to see if they've been able to help the mayor. 
Oh, come now, Miss LeBlanc. You can't believe the old boy is innocent, especially as you gave information to the contrary. There is no finer man in this city than Mayor Crane, and I think what you're doing to him is unconscionable. Please, Theodore, Miss Morning, get word to our friends. Someone has to prove the mayor innocent. Well, I've obviously been stood up. But that performance was worth it. Poor girl. It's sad when someone is so convinced of their position that they're blind to anything that contradicts it. Well, see you two in the funny papers. Wednesday. I know I'm not head of the class when it comes to highfalutin literary concepts like, oh, grammar, punctuation, or word choice. That's why I'm here. Think of me as an automatic correction of your unique take on the language. And I appreciate that. But am I wrong in thinking that John's last statement generated enough irony to cure anemia? And for that, I forgive you everything. Did I use that wrong? I mean, uniquely? I'm scoring that as a pun, so points in your favor. You're a gentleman and a scholar, Wednesday. Uh, uh, more or less. What did you think of Misty? Methinks the lady doth protest too much. Ooh, I love it when you quote Chaucer. Shakespeare. What? William Shakespeare. Well, we have to do something. We can't have some maniac named William running around shaking a spear at people. I'm taking away your points. That's fair. But I do think Misty was putting it on a bit thick. And for once, I wasn't referring to her eyeshadow. You really don't like her, do you? Well-spotted, investigative reporter. Look, I understand she can be a bit... Do you smell something? What are you... Wait a minute. Is that... Sugar, Sugar cookies! cookies! We'll return to Throwing Shade in a moment. But first, a word from our sponsor. Friends, are you looking for unique, unusual gifts that will make everyone sit up and take notice? Do you shudder at the thought of having to do simple, menial, everyday tasks around your home without the aid of questionable technology? Are you the type of person that, even in this unstable economic climate, says, I'm worth it? and will splurge on anything that makes you feel better than others? Then you need to shop at Marco Polo Novelties. Marco Polo Novelties has a huge catalog of the finest imported, labor-saving, and entertainment products anywhere in the world that doesn't require quality control or truth in advertising. Marco Polo Novelties offers fast delivery. Most products reach your doorstep within a mere month, or six, of you ordering them. And their prices are very clearly marked, so you know exactly how much extra you're paying. And your products are guaranteed to have been made somewhere within the Asiatic continent. These products have been assembled in the finest sweatshops in the Far East and incur incredibly high shipping costs. Marco Polo Novelties passes that cost on to you. 
but you can't put a price tag on being able to show off your largesse in front of your friends. We can, and we do, but you can't. So order from Marco Polo Novelties now and join the long list of barely satisfied customers using borderline safe products to do things that weren't that hard in the first place. And now, a few words from other important personages. When the bones of its prey are discovered in a remote Scottish glen, it is discovered that something out of place has made the Highlands its home and set its sights on the quiet village of Cannock. It will hunt, it will kill, and it won't let anything get in its way. Thomas Walker, a renowned wildlife specialist and former big game hunter, finds himself confronted with his past and an animal the likes of which he had never wanted to face again. As its devastating rampage goes unchecked and threatens his home, the woman he loves, and his very way of life, an older and much more human adversary seeks him out. How long will any of them survive the presence of the beast in their shadow? Listen to Shadow Beast by Luke Phillips, available only on Audible. We just lost our place at the top of the food chain. Man is just meat. And now, the heart-stopping conclusion to Throwing Shade, may or may not. Act 4, Scene 1, The Big Reveal. It all comes together. That evening, Misty LeBlanc had an unexpected visitor. Hello, Misty. John Duchet, Chicago Examiner Sentinel Post. I know who you are, John. Why are you here? My anonymous source told me there was going to be fireworks here tonight. But I have no idea what you are talking about, and I'd like you to leave. Sorry, little lady. No can do. My source hasn't been wrong yet. It's my duty to investigate. After all, I have my integrity. Integrity? You don't know the meaning of the word. Integrity. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. Integrity. So there. Touché. Touché. But just because you know what it means doesn't mean you have it. To be fair, he has more than you, Miss LeBlanc. Oh! Ah! The shade. That's right. And unlike you, Miss LeBlanc, Duchet here believes his own malarkey. That's right. Hey! I don't know what you're talking about. And how did you get in here? I am the shade. Like the night, I am ephemeral. I have got to remember to close that window. Now would someone like to tell me what's going on here? I told you. My source told me to come here tonight if I wanted to get a huge story. And boy, it seems they were right on the money. Sorry, John. Oh! The vamp! Seriously, Shade, we planned this, remember? I got swept up in the moment. I was the one who called you, John. The vamp is my anonymous source? This is huge! I've got a- Shut your piehole until you actually have all the facts. I'm not your source. But you're following my instructions without question. Verified our hunch that your source was female. And who's the one woman who'd have enough access to the mayor and city hall to pass you that info? <laughs> I hope you're not implying me. I've maintained the mayor's innocence the whole time. 
That you have, quite stridently. One might say theatrically. One might. If one was suspicious and distrustful. Which we are. Although it's John here who deserves some of the credit. Me? According to close friends of ours, you described Misty Statesman's as a performance, and that got us thinking. Your name is very unique, John. It had a familiar ring to it. So we had a look-see in the public records. Turns out, you're a member of the Duché family of vaudeville performers. Big stars back in the early days. Their specialties were mimicry and impressions. Though a few branched off into forgery. Now hold on. You aren't going to lay this at my door. I never took part in any of that. I left the family and never looked back. I even helped expose their practices. Using innuendo, supposition, and no real evidence. Those articles destroyed the entire family, even the ones not involved in the illicit activities. <gasps> and he tried to destroy the mayor the same way, with lies! Oh, he definitely wanted to take down the mayor, but it wasn't his idea. It was yours, Misty. Mine? Why would I do that? It doesn't make any sense. I do admit, Misty LeBlanc didn't have much of a motive. But Helga Duché sure did. Helga? Very good, Shade. Vamp, how did you find out? Public records. I see why you wanted everything kept private. Seems a young girl named Helga Duché moved here and changed her name to Misty LeBlanc. LeBlanc, of course, being the Spanish version of Duché. Really? Really? But she doesn't look anything like Helga. I lost weight, dropped the accent, dyed my hair, got orthodontia, and a new nose. All on a secretary's salary. Impressive. I was his personal assistant. But how did she manage it? She has no power, no authority. <laughs> you simpleton. I had access to every piece of paperwork, legislation, correspondence, everything. I knew what was going on better than anyone. Which meant she had access to the mayor's signature. And she is an excellent forger. But the phone calls. You do remember the Duches did the best impressions. But why? Why set up the mayor? And why use me? May I? After you. I used you because I knew you wouldn't bother to ask questions. You'd swallow every lie, hook, line, and sinker. You'd paint the mayor into a corner and make your reputation in the process. Thank you. Then, once your reputation was solidified, I'd release the facts of the setup to the press, suggesting you had been a part of it all along. Nobody would ever believe you weren't, and you'd be ruined. What did I ever do to you? You were here when we discussed your articles destroying innocent lives, right? Oh yeah, that. But why the mayor? That was difficult to figure until... What is that lovely scent? Are you baking, Misty? What? No. Hmm, I'd swear I smell sugar cookies. It's her! Oh, it happens to be my perfume. Sugar dust. So what? So, it's the exact same scent that was in the abandoned warehouse where Jimmy the Tooth Moretti met with his extortionist, a person who insisted on meeting in the dark. 
the same warehouse where we foiled the plans of a criminal mastermind attempting to extort the city with a freeze ray a person who also insisted on meeting in the dark and who was foiled by the daggers of darkness and a cat yeah. a cat that scratched their face the same type of scratch you have misty that is the most ridiculous keep it away from me where is it help good work mr buttons well misty i'd say the cat's out of the bag fine i chose the mayor because he was too straight-laced and incorruptible i wanted to run organized crime in the city but i'd never get the chance with law and order crane in office his deputy mayor is more flexible in his views young up-and-comer named daly figured i'd kill two birds with one stone by the time i revealed crane's innocence my organization would be entrenched and untouchable shame it won't work out that way all you've got in your future is striped sunlight. Not so fast. One more move and Duché gets it. Huh. Hey. Can you blame us? Okay, I get it. I'm not a nice person, but I never pulled a gun on anyone. True. Still. Have we all forgotten I'm armed? No, I just wanted to distract you so I could utilize the daggers of darkness. taken down a peg or two oh he will be have no doubt he'll be hoist on his own petard what exactly is a petard a medieval form of punishment it's a tiny stool attached to pulleys you place the accused on it the petard and then hoist them into the air and force them to balance on it for a predetermined amount of time every home had one the mechanism for lowering the petard was located on the ground so, if you were ever hoist on your own petard, you were in trouble. Are you making that up? Very likely. Act 4, Scene 2. Crow is a dish best served with humble pie. Mayor Crane fulfills his part of the bargain. After Mayor Crane's release from prison... Really sorry about that, Mr. Mayor, but uh, hey, what can you expect? Uh, he's just a crazy cannoli. <laughs> right? Absolutely, Chief. I bear you no ill will. You did the best you could, considering your natural shortcomings. Whew, thank goodness for that. I was worried he'd fire me and I'd have to go back to the mail room. The mayor called a press conference in order to fulfill his part of the deal he had made with the Shade and the Vamp. 
I really hope that he's going to tell us what happened and why he's back here. Gentlemen, gentlemen, and puddles. Seriously? And Miss Morning. I called you all here today so that I could make an official announcement regarding my recent incarceration and the revelation that my secretary, Miss Misty LeBlanc, was behind the plot to frame me and remove me from power. Firstly, I know several people have been wondering what I'll be doing about Deputy Mayor Daly, seeing as Miss LeBlanc felt he would be more amenable to her criminal ideas. I've spoken with Deputy Mayor Daly, and he assured me that he had no prior knowledge of Miss LeBlanc's action and denounces them. And you believed him? <laughs> Yes, Puddles, I did believe him. That was my question. Just proves that dog's got a good head on his shoulders. Thank you? He denied it quite believably, and I see no reason to believe that a politician would lie about such a thing. I'm starting to regret helping him. He was innocent, remember? And besides, the devil you know... Is still a devil. Also, I would like to thank Police Chief Cannoli for handling this entire situation with his usual level of professionalism and tact. He followed the evidence doggedly and did his duty without thought to personal friendships or alliances. Thank you, Mr. Mayor. That mean a lot to me to hear you say that. And I promise that I'm moving forward, I continue to do my duty without any thoughts whatsoever. Of that, I have no doubt, Chief. I would like to make a statement that is, I believe, incredibly important for this city to hear. The nefarious plot of Miss LeBlanc and its disastrous effect on the rule of law in this fine city could not have been thwarted without the aid of the Shade and the Vamp. I know that for the longest time I have rallied against their existence and looked upon them as little better than the criminals that they captured. But they are more than that. They are fine, Loyal, courageous citizens who have taken it upon themselves to protect their weaker brethren, to be the eyes and ears of the long arm of the law, and help the helpless. This city, and myself personally, owe a great debt of gratitude to the Shade and the Vamp. While I am not exhorting everyone to dress in black and run around rooftops, their vigilance in Their vigilance and dedication to watching out for their fellow citizens is something we can all strive for, and it is with great honor that I thank them, wherever they are, and state that this city will always be their home. Oh, I really wish he hadn't said that. Really? Why? Because I'm going to get my ribbon all wet. Well, at least we know that all the work we do isn't in vain. If Crane can change his mind about us, anything's possible. You may have a point there, Theo. Maybe he isn't so bad after all. 
I would like to end by stating that I have learned an incredibly valuable lesson through all this. Miss LeBlanc was an extremely intelligent, capable, and independent woman. Due to this incident, I can assure everyone here that City Hall will make sure that no one like that is ever placed in a position of any importance ever again. Thank you. That is all. And he's back. Well, you know what they say. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. That's never made much sense to me. Why would you be leading a horse to water if he wasn't going to drink it? Well, the saying originated back during the days of building the Intercontinental Railroad, when camels were used extensively to help travel the inhospitable terrain of the West. Obviously, not everyone was familiar with the camel, and many saw it as a strange, hunchbacked horse. Given the camel's ability to go long periods of time without drinking, the saying popped up that one could lead a horse, such as they understood it, to water, but you couldn't make them drink. <laughs> You're making that up. Very likely, but it made you laugh. That it did. You have a knack for doing that, Rockwell. I try, Miss Morning, I try. Now, shall we go file this story with Clemens? I have a feeling those stand-up citizens, the Shade and the Vamp, will have some work to do tonight. I believe we shall. Let's go, Mr. Rockwell. We're off, Miss Morning. Shh! I'm trying to keep it quiet. <laughs> Throwing Shade is brought to you by Chicago's premier storefront theater company, Eclectic Full Contact Theater, presenting their first show of their massive eighth season, Richard III, running October 1st through November 2nd in Studio 3 at the Athenaeum Theater, 2936 North Southport Avenue. Will Richard stop at nothing to reach the pinnacle of power? Will he act unethically, unlawfully, deceive, seduce, even commit murder? Come on, you think George R.R. R. Martin invented this stuff? Meet the unlikely man who schemed so cleverly and bloodily. We're still talking about him today. Info now at www.eclectic-theater.com. Loyal listeners get a special deal on tickets. Use the code word WEDNESDAY for up to 50% off. EFCT is unique. EFCT is irreverent. EFCT is theater. Here's a sneak listen to next week's very special Christmas episode. You feeling all right, Rockwell? This has been Throwing Shade, brought to you by Eclectic Full Contact Theater, sponsored by... Marco Polo Novelties. Created by Sarah Siegel and Andrew Pond. Written by Andrew Pond. Directed by Katie Siegel. Starring the voice talents of Jocelyn Adamski, Jessica Lauren Fisher, Daniel Hool, Noelle Kleiss, and Andrew Pond. Our Foley artist is Lori Iyer. Our engineer is us. And I'm your narrator, Noelle Kleiss. Special thanks to Tina, Tina Salamone. Tune in next week. Same shade time, same shade station. Hello, everyone. I'm Andrew Pond. And I'm Sarah Siegel. 
You may remember us from such podcasts as the one you were just listening to. We'd like to thank you for joining us and hope you've enjoyed the adventures of Theodore Rockwell and Wednesday Morning. And The Shade and the Vamp. If so, please head over to Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade Patreon page at www.patreon.com EFCT and become a patron. You can support Throwing Shade for as little as a dollar a month. That may be the literal definition of a pittance. Become a patron today and join such luminarious folks as Mike Drugan. Uh, luminarious? What? It's a word. Anyway... Becoming a patron gets you access to behind-the-scenes videos, episode outtakes, merchandise, and much, much more, including the opportunity to ask us anything. I myself am an open book. More like a picture book. Be glad it's not a pop-up. So, head over to patreon.com EFCT to support Eclectic Full Contact Theater's Throwing Shade. And head over to eclectic-theater.com to find out what else Eclectic Full Contact Theater is up to. Say goodnight, Andrew. Goodnight, Andrew. Aye.